Before we officially start, I must give a special shout out to the boys over at Recovery. Much like myself and the lads, Chris and Ian are a couple of rugby fanatics like we all are, and they've created various products with Recovery in mind based on natural CBD remedies. Head over to their Instagram page or website and use the code FREEBLOKES, so number three, followed by the word BLOKES, for 10% off all their natural products and feel the benefit today. Good afternoon, good morning and good evening from wherever you are listening from. My name is Jamie Robinson and welcome to episode 91 of Three Blokes and the Rugby League podcast. Yesterday was the third and final game in the State of Origin series in 2021 and Callum Wood is with me today to run through that very 80 minutes and a quick recap of the series. First of all, mate, thank you very much for covering for me. Uh, this past Monday, I know I've had a bit of a, a bit of a blip with a stomach bug, but I'm feeling good now. Obviously, Jed can't join us today due to work commitments, but us two will we'll run through the uh, game three and a bit of a recap, mate. Did you catch the game initially? Obviously, did you catch the full game? Certainly did, mate. Yeah, and um, obviously me following Queensland for all three of these games, feeling a lot more positive after this one and enjoyed it a lot more than the other two, to be honest. Very much so. So um, because Jez not here today, I will be covering New South Wales and obviously that would be the case as they have lost. It was New South Wales 18, Queensland 20 at the Seabus Super Stadium. The stadium has been switched about two or three times. They eventually settled in the Gold Coast. Um, Woody, mate, we'll take it over to you first. If, if you want to take up the uh, the Queensland team ratings and we can have a bit of a chat and uh, if there's a few discussion points there, mate. Yeah, certainly. Well, then I'll run for it kind of 1-17 to 17 from where everyone played like normal. So starting at fullback, I'd Caelan Ponga finally back in. Sure, Queensland fans and general fans of rugby league delighted to see him back. Gave him an 8 out of 10, which, if you've listened to the ratings from the first two games, is massive for any Queensland player. It just showed what Queensland have been missing throughout the series. And After this, another little taster of him in the Origin Arena. I'm just desperate to see him play a full series. You know, three games fully fit. He was shackled pretty well in the first half, but made that really big break, which led to Hunt's second try. Made a huge play getting the hand on the ball late on when Turbo broke through. You know, little incidents like that, you kind of take for granted how big they are in the grand scene. That might have won the game just getting that hand on. Made 182 metres and 71 of those were from kick returns, which massively helps when you're starting the set after one of those. And I think he's, he's got to be in that number one jump of years to come for Queensland. On to the wing then, and Val Holmes was on the wing after filling at fullback the first two games. Gave him a 5.5. He only played just over half before going off injured. The effort was there. He had a try ruled out after a really good pickup. Did look more at home on the wing and you know, hopefully his injury isn't too bad. Looks like he might be out for four weeks, possibly. See what the outcome is on that on his shoulder. Dane Gagai in at centre. Really wanted him to have a big game here. But I've given him a four for this one. It's just, once again, he's just completely and utterly dominated by Latrell as he has been all series. Latrell was getting stuck into him at every opportunity, giving him pats on the head, rubbing him about. The first two New South Wales tries, Gagai's clutching at thin air. Missed out on a, a decent chance after half an hour when Brian Toto got to the ball before him. The effort's obviously there, especially when fighting through contact with the ball. He came up with eight tackle busts, but this has been a series for him to forget, you know, especially given how good he usually is in origin. He's still squeezed over 100 metres, but another eight missed tackles. And over the three games, that's 22 misses for the series for him, which is concerning, especially when he's you know meant to be the, the veteran centre out of the two that have been in there. Next to him, we had the hammer, Hamiso Tabuaifido, on debut. Gave him a six. Possibly could have been a bit more if he stayed in at centre. He had a, a really solid showing, I thought, and showed his sort of great support player to bag himself a debut score. He really wanted to be busy, but once Holmes went off, he did have to shift to the wing and got a bit quieter out. And I think it's really easy to forget he's, you know, he's 19 years old, so he's going to have loads more origins in him. And you know, to already get one on the try on the board and an origin under his belt as a teenager is outstanding, really. 
Xavier Coates on the other wing, giving him a 4.5. Just another really quiet game for him, like all three have been this series. And I will say it might not always be his fault if the ball's not coming his way and he's not getting the opportunities. But for the third game this series, he's not cracked 100 metres. He's made about between 92 and 96 all three games. And I just don't think he looks that comfortable at origin level yet after showing up quite well last year when he made his debut. And still think he seems to lack a bit of trust for his inside man. Came up with another two errors. Moving into the half stand, again, I've kind of grouped these two together the whole way through and I've given Cam Munster and Daly Cherry Evans both a 5.5. Cam Munster was his best game out of the three, which isn't saying much. And really great eyes up play for Hammers try. And it's only in flashes he's looked good then. It's nothing like his storm form. And it's a really underwhelming series on the whole for him, especially after he got the Wally Lewis medal last year. And like I say, Daly Cherry Evans, 5.5 as well. Similar sort of story. Never quite got a grip on the attack. They had loads of good attacking possession in that first half. They had five or six repeat sets from 10 metres out and never looked like cracking the line. But he did make 34 tackles and forced a drop out. Moved into the pack lane. Christian Welch, the first of two props, gave him a six. Always busy. He always puts himself about. Only made 86 metres from his 11 carries, although that kind of was the story throughout the team of players really struggling to make much in terms of metres. He missed five tackles, but he made 38. Got penalised late on, which luckily enough, New South Wales didn't equalise from the, the penalty attempt from. Ben Hunt in at hooker then, gave him a nine, probably pushing close to a 10. He was the best player out there by a mile. He, he was absolutely massive and he stood up when Queensland desperately needed someone to, you know, when if the halves aren't going to stand up and take control, he did. Controlled things really well. Came up with big plays on attack and defence. Won the ball back a few times. Bagged himself a double. Really can't fault him, to be honest. He picked his moments perfectly and I know I've said this on all three Origin pods so far, but I'm just astounded he didn't get into the 17th for game one still. He's the 18th man and didn't appear. The other prop then, Josh Papaliti, gave him a seven, reliable as ever. 118 metres from 15 runs, which, like I say, my Welsh isn't his best, but shows how, how difficult it was to make those metres. Didn't make 51 post-contact metres, 21 tackles with only one miss, and he's really important for that team as a leader. Into the second row then, Kurt Capewell. So nice to mention him as a second row and not a centre finally. Giving him a seven. Back in his proper position. Looked far more comfortable. Didn't have to worry about defending one up against Turbo. Cracked 150 metres from 12 runs. Made a decent break. Set up hump for one of his tries. Play the ball speed was rapid. So I just don't ever want to see him back in the centre at this level again. He's, he's made for that second row back row. Next to him, Felici Calfusi. Giving him a 5.5. Like throughout, he had massive numbers in defence. He, he topped the, the game of 49 tackles, but just anonymous in attack again. I think 57 metres from eight runs in a full 80 minutes. Kind of would like to see someone more all-action given a chance in there. And rounding out the starters in the back row is Tino Fusumilawe, giving him a seven. Early on, he, he got bullied by Murray. He, he got stripped from the book, but he did grow into the game much better than he has been the first two games. Found a really good hole off a decent line to set up Hammers try. Over 100 metres from nine carries. I think might be the only forward that averaged over 10 metres per carry. Missed six tackles, but this was much more the Tino we kind of know. Uh, the interchange then, 14, AJ Brimson. Giving him a four, and it was kind of hard to mark him at all. Really, he was out of position in the centre, which kind of wanted to see if he could do, you know, maybe that turbo roll, but for Queensland. But he didn't really do much of no. Had a sloppy play of the ball error and very little chance to get involved, to be honest. He, wasn't really involved in much positive or negative on the whole. Uh, next in the change then, Moiaki Fotuaika, 7.5 for him. Monumental effort from the bench. 129 metres, 52 of those are post-contact and 
for me, he's been Queensland's player of the series, given he's the only one of that team who's given himself credit in more than one game. He was great in the first game as well. And he's 21 as well, so he's going to be about in origin for so many more years. Francis Molo, giving him a 5.5. Could have been a little bit more, but he only played 27 minutes off the bench. A really decent effort for him. Put himself about 60 metres, 18 tackles. And then finally off the interchange, Thomas Flegler, giving him a five, which similar to Molo's might be harsh given he only played 11 minutes, but it's kind of hard to look into his performance too much. But great to, for him to get a win on debut. And again, he put himself about for those 11 minutes really well. So like I said, mate, a lot more positive than it has been in the first two pods, which I'm pleased to talk about. Awesome stuff, mate. Before we dive into individual performances, we've seen this week in the media, especially, they have been absolutely gutting Paul Green. Um, you've seen, seen on the likes of 100% footy on NRL 360. They've basically been calling for Paul Green's head before this game has even happened in terms of what he's done in terms of um, the matches in previously game one and game two, in terms of his choice, in terms of how he's handled the media in press conferences. Do you think his performance has, has saved his job for another series or do you think he'll be a... Um, there'll be a new coach coming in 2022. I think given how well they fronted up in this one, considering just how badly the first two games, you know, absolute record defeat, and then they get nailed to come back and win this one. I think he has earned himself a, another series for me. And you look at the players who come back in, maybe we underestimated just how important having Ponga at fullback might be and, and Hunt in at nine as well. So yeah, for me, he should get another shot next year at least. You mentioned both of them there, mate. But do you think Caelan Ponger and Ben Hunt were the, were the kind of two key difference makers from game one and game two? Or do you think it's just the whole culture thing that needs to be changed over time? Uh, I think it could be a bit of everything, but those two especially massively stood out. You know, I know Val Holmes has been filling in as well as he can at fullback, but having Ponger in there just makes such a difference. And you know, Hunt might not always be an 80-minute hooker, but I think for this Queensland team, he was perfect in there. And when Harry Grant is fit again, it'd be good to have those two interchange in. And like I said, good to have Kurt Capewell back in the second row. Good to have a young lad like the Hammer in at centre. Yeah, I just think they really fronted up well, which surprised me a lot. You know, I thought it was kind of a, a guaranteed whitewash after the first two games. They've got a couple of big names coming back as well next year. Obviously, injuries pending, bans pending, but you've got like the likes of Harry Grant, David Vita, Jai Arrow, potentially players like Jaden Sewer and Joe Offer and Gowie as well. It's not all doom and gloom for Queensland, is it, next season? No, definitely not, mate. I think there's a lot of players who will get in the mix. Well, like I said, no, even Francis Molo and Thomas Flegler only got you know, 27 and 11 minutes, but they showed up pretty well. Got a few of, you know, Lindsay Collins will be back. Got Murray Taolonghi, Tessie Neu, Corey Horsbrook could get in the mix. Ronaldo might become available again. Who knows? So Sam Walker will have another year under his belt. Reese Walsh might be fit. And yeah, like getting this win, making it 2-1, not being whitewashed it does make it really positive for next year. Optimistic for Queensland fans. And I think both teams have a little bit of bragging rights each now, so it sets it up nicely. Last but not least, mate, is there anybody who's featured in this Queensland uh, State of Origin 2021 series that you wouldn't want to see play at this uh, level again? Maybe not never play at this level again, but I've said a few times, I want to see Xavier Coach just have a decent run of club form again and maybe moving to the Storm will be absolutely perfect for him. Wouldn't mind seeing a change in the halves perhaps or something mixed around in there a little bit and I've kind of slated him the whole way through which but Felice Calfusi just want to see someone more action in that second row or I want to see him running with the ball a bit more maybe coming off the interchange just seem a bit more hungry in attack as well Totally agree with you there mate depending on his club form next year I could definitely start to see Sam Walker coming in and 
drip feeding through uh, Daily Cherry Evans spot and maybe get a game next year as well. Superb stuff, mate. Just looking at the averages from in terms of player of the season, you mentioned Mofo being your player of the season, uh, sorry, player of the series for, for Queensland. Um, in terms of players who've played two or more games, obviously you could have counted Caelan Ponger at eight points, but he has only played one game. Technically, your player of the series is Josh Papaliti. Um, so, I mean, you can't really argue with that. You've got Josh Papaliti, Ben Hunt and Mofo, your top three. So, in terms of average ratings and Caelan Ponger's obviously up there as well, but you can't argue with any of them. They've all had a really good series and Josh Papaliti is always going to perform at that level, mate. So, I am continuing Jed Amos Goddard's New South Wales ratings. He obviously will have had a much more positive things to say. I mean, New South Wales were all too bad, but I'll go through it in team order, much like yourself and Jed have as well, mate. Feel free to uh, pop in for any questions that he feels those needed. So I'll start at the back line. James Tedesco, I rated him at 7 out of 10. I think he tried hard, um, but he killed a lot of players, I felt as though, going forward. which is very unlike James Tedesco, especially in the last set. When they really needed a bit of go forward, they were two points down with five five seconds left and they needed someone to really find a gap to, to make an outside pass. And Tedesco just tried to step around everyone and, and found absolutely no space at all. It's um, he's, he's still top to run meter count, 230 run metres and made 10 tackle breaks. Um, but I think for this new South Wales outfit, it was very hard for anybody to get eight or above in this game. They were quite poor in comparison to the first couple. Um, so I've gone James Tedesco, seven out of 10. Brian Toto, I've gone for six out of ten. Um, it was really big on the kick returns. Once again, we know how good he is, especially on that second phase play, but it was really poor under the high ball, something we pointed out initially at the start of the uh, the previews for the State of Origin series. Um, he didn't exactly drop two high balls, but he got very heavily contested by Xavier Coates, um, which I thought they'd be doing all the way through this series, but they haven't really seemed to pinpoint it. Um, he actually made no tackles whatsoever in the entire game and missed three. Um, he had 191 metres, which is obviously spot on for Brian Toto. But yeah, um, bang, just a bit above average for him. Um, he'll be a bit disappointed with that performance, especially with his boys, Luai and Cleary, not being there. Latrell Mitchell, for me, man of the match in terms of for um, New South Wales anyway. He, he was the X factor once again. Um, but he seemed to just want to fight every five minutes, especially with his teammate, Dane Gagai. Um, and especially that misconversion right at the end as well. I, I couldn't really rate him anything more than an eight. I give him a 7.5. He did make three missed tackles. He made three errors and conceded two penalties as well. Do you think that little rivalry between them that's stemmed through all three games seeps back into club level? Or is it totally forgotten when they're back in at the Bunnies next to each other? I don't know, mate. Because every time they, they went, they, obviously they, they kind of butted head to head like they were Rams in, in like a field or anything. Latrell was laughing every single time. But Gagai seemed to really grit in his teeth and wanting to almost throw a punch. You don't know if there's a bit of... You know, animosity there. Both of them can play centre. Both of them can play fullback. You don't know if that guy's a bit uh, green with envy over Latrell potentially taking his spot. Or, you know, there's, there's rumours that Gagai's leaving the club this year because of the salary cap and we know Latrell's on big money. So you never know. He might be a bit, bit annoyed at that. So, and the fact that, like you mentioned, Gagai's been outplayed by Latrell every single game this year in, in Origin. So, not too sure about that one, mate. But I, You'd hope not, because even though we know it's mate against mate, state against state is the catchphrase, but you don't want him to fall out of club level over something like this. Um, over to the other centre, Tommy Turbo. Um, he actually got the Wally Lewis medal for player of the top, player of the series, but for me, I, I felt so he just slipped a bit short in this game. I give him 6.5. He had a bit of a quiet game compared to normal. Still managed 166 run metres, but he had a bit of a reduced influence, in my opinion. Also made two errors as well. Um, and he didn't really have as, as much of a best uh, link-up player with Josh O'Carr as he has done in the past as well. 
talk about Joshua Docar, I thought this was actually quite a poor series from him overall. He had um, quite poor ratings from Jed in the first two games, and I'd give him a 5.5 in this one. He only touched the ball 11 times, um, which, you know, you might you might hear 11 times in steroids, and that's really good for someone, but 11 times for Joshua Docar, who should be really taking a ball up every other set, um, is quite disappointing. And he only managed 54 run metres which I, I haven't done the stats, but I'd imagine uh, Joshua Docara averaging around 50 metres in a game is very, very rare. He struggled to be brought into the game a lot as well, like I mentioned. He struggled with a big link-up with Tommy Turbo, especially. Coming on to the halves, a new halves partnership um, for, for New South Wales. Jack Whiten at six. I gave him 6.5. He got better as the game continued, but I thought he started really, really poor, and he seemed to take his, his camera form into this game as well. Um, he scored a really good, strong try. He barreled over, over the try line, but it was very clunky overall. And it, it, this was probably always going to be the case. Brand new partnership at a big level with someone like Mitchell Moses, who relies heavily on his kicking game. Um, he made one line break, one line break assist, and a try assist as well as 27 tackles. So it was obviously a really strong body. And Jack White is always going to put up a solid performance, but nothing too much over a 6.5 for me. Coming on to his house partner, Mitchell Moses, I gave him a 7 out of 10. He's been that. I've seen a couple of people online absolutely slating him, and I don't know once again if that's a bit of envy or a bit of uh, annoyance that the, the likes of Adam Reynolds didn't get picked. But I thought his kicking game was massive, and he absolutely kicked Queensland out of the game on some occasions as well. He also got two try assists and one line break assist, and it's evident that he's kind of the, the puppet master in, in in this kind of setup. And Brad Fittler's kind of given him that that. Um, that, that label as well, because he actually didn't have a single run in the entire game. He either kicked or passed every single time he touched the ball. So really, really um, evident in, in terms of that. But I thought he did outplay his opposite number, like you mentioned as well. And I thought out of all four halves, I thought in this game, he was the best half in in, uh, in game three as well. So fair play to Mitchell Moses. Uh, coming on to the pack, I have uh, Dale Finucane is, I've given seven out of 10. I think he was the best forward for New South Wales in this game. He worked so hard, as he does in every single game. We know he's just been given the vice-captaincy as well um, by Brad Fittler. I don't know if that was just for this game specifically or going into the future. Um, he played 50 minutes but managed 24 tackles, 140 run metres and a 3.3-second play-the-ball speed as well. That's huge, huge stats from Dale Fanouk. And he's, he's a type of bloke that is going to put his heart on the line whatever standard rugby league is playing. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a big, big question mark whether he's going to stay at Melbourne this year. But... He's just so strong, always finds his front, and he seems to be one of them forwards that whenever he's, he's running into the defensive line, he seems to hurt someone, um, and that's what you're looking for in terms of a forward as well. I'll come into his prop partner before we go into the hooker, Junior Paulo, one of your boys for the Parramatta Reels, would he? Um, I give him a six out of ten. I thought he did fine. I thought he did fine. I think it's probably his worst game out of the, out of the three, but he, he didn't really put a foot wrong. Um, he managed three offloads, which is pretty standard for him. 104 metres in 44 minutes, which is brilliant, to be fair. Um, but he did get himself on report at the end, which were a bit daft. And I, and I, I don't know if he's going to end up missing a couple of games for that as well. Um, obviously, there were a bit of a, a ruckus at the end, if anybody didn't see. Um, there were kind of two or three separate scraps going on. I don't know if a punch got thrown, but Junior Paulo was the only one that got put on report from that. Um, Damien Cook at Hooker. I, I felt as though it was average. I thought it was really average. I gave him a 5.5. Um, I think his number nine jersey is really under threat for New South Wales, especially coming on to someone later on who I'll speak about. Um, but he got 37 run metres and 33 tackles. We, we spoke about it on, on the first two State of Origin coverage that we've given. 
it's obvious that Damien Cook's not exactly being told to run as much at origin level compared to when he's playing for the Bunnies. You know, he's usually averaging about 70, 80, 90 run metres a game, all from dummy half for the Bunnies. But, you know, in every single one of these games, he's got less than 50. Um, we know his distribution's world-class. We know he'll tackle all day. But when you've got the likes of Appy Corisau coming on and making a difference quite instantly, it, it does show. So I think he's, he's going to be a bit of question marks over Damien Cook's out in, in the next couple of years as well. Coming on to the back row, I felt all three of them had, had, a, had a decent game, but nothing more. Cameron Murray, Tarek Sims and Isaiah Yo, I felt they all had better games in, in game one and game two. I gave them all a 6.5. Um, Cameron Murray, big stint. He made 40 tackles, which is the most in New South Wales. He made two tackle breaks, but he did concede an error and a penalty. He played 68 minutes. We spoke about it all series. I don't think he's a back rower. I don't think that he's able to punch a hole in, in the uh, in the defensive line from from uh, standing on out wide. He'll always make a tackle because he's a big, strong body, but I just don't think second row is his position. Um, I do think Angus Crichton should be starting, but I'll come on to that a bit later on. Tarek Sims is always strong, but he, he just didn't have much impact in this game. Um, I give him a 6.5 as well. He made four missed tackles and only made 24 in comparison. Um, he could have done a lot more to say he, made, he, uh, he played the whole 80 minutes. I just feel as though he just didn't have much of an impact. Um, I feel as though he was there initially to protect his, his outside um, half as well in defence, but I, I just felt like he didn't have much impact at all and didn't really punch a hole through the line and didn't really make a, a line break whatsoever, which is really what he's known for for, for St George. Isaiah, you're very similar to the other two, 6.5 once again. I thought I felt as though he were outplayed totally by Tino. Um, like you said, I think Tino started a bit slower um, but team, he, he were excellent for Asuma Lattawe. I'll say that just because I love saying it. But Billy Slater highlighted it on commentary. He grew into the game, did Tino. And I felt as Isaiah Yo was just kind of overshadowed throughout. Um, 73 run metres in 66 minutes. Not what we expect from someone like him. Didn't really seem to want to play with the ball in hand. Um, I think as the game continued, the likes of Turbo and Tedesco tried to take over with ball in hand. And, and that's just not Yeo's game. That's not how Penrith plays. So I, think, I feel as they went a bit quiet. Made 39 tackles, which is pretty standard for him. Really, really good. Um, but yeah, back, back, um, the back three especially, I thought were really, really quiet and out, outperformed by Queensland. Coming on to the bench, Happy Corisau. In 23 minutes, he made a huge impact. I've given him a 6.5. I think if he'd have played longer, it would have got 7 or 7.5 as well. In 23 minutes, he touched the ball 41 times, which is exceptional to say... You know, in 23 minutes, on average, you're going to be having the ball for about 11 or 12 minutes. And say he touched it 41 times is exceptional. He got a try, he got a, a tackle break, and he made 15 tackles as well. He's always so strong in, in whatever he does. Um, and when you watch that that try that he scored, Mitchell Moses was kind of dithering about and no one really knew what to do. And Apisai Corisau kind of jumped ahead of time and saw that he was going to do the kick. And that's why he scored, because he was the only New South Walesman uh, to actually follow up the kick. Actually, I thought we were also a shoulder charging him from Cameron Munster as well, but that didn't really get followed up. Fair play to Happy Corisau. And like I've mentioned, I think he's a number nine jersey. He's going to be in contention in the next couple of years for New South Wales. Next one, Angus Crichton. I give him a seven out of 10. I thought he was one of the best players on the field for New South Wales, even though he came off the bench. Much like he's been one of the best players in the competition of the NRL this year for the Roosters. Uh, should have been starting for me. I said it. I said it previously, but um, I, know, I don't know if he, the fact that he couldn't play game one kind of pushed him back onto the bench a bit more. But he, he definitely should have been starting. He's the best second rower in this New South Wales team. 
Um, 106 run metres in 31 minutes, which is absolutely crazy. Four tackle breaks and 25 tackles. To say he played just over half an hour rugby league, that's outstanding. Uh, he always puts his body on the line, wears his heart on his sleeve, all them cliches that he can throw in there for a back rower, but he'll, he'll work his, his backside off for you. Really good player, and he's, he's up there with Dale Finucane for me, for the best forward in this game. Um, Payne Ars, you know, Payne Ars is always going to be someone that's going to make a huge impact when he comes off the bench. He made over, I think, 135 run metres he did, but I, I felt he were, he were a bit slack and a bit lacking in effort, especially in defence. The, the first, his first half especially came on for the last 10 minutes and, and he missed three really vital tackles, I felt as though, as Queensland were progressing up the field and he just didn't look as switched on as normal, almost as if he were recovering from an injury. Um, you know, his usual self in, in attacking is always an option and he's just strong as an ox, but um, I give him a six out of 10. I thought it was uh, just above average. I thought, you know, Jed's given him some eight and an 8.5 in, in the past couple of games, but it, it didn't really impress me as much this game and I just felt he was a bit slack something that I haven't really seen of him much this year. And just to round off, I have given Liam Martin five out of ten. I thought it was the least best, I won't say the worst, but um, I thought he didn't really make any impact at all when he came off the bench. Um, he played 28 minutes in this game, made three runs and 14 tackles and one error. Compare that to Angus Crichton, who played three minutes more, um, who made... You know, over 100, 100 metres. And, and I, felt, I just felt Liam Martin just didn't do anything. He came on the field and just with a bit of a passenger, which is something we don't normally say in mind, uh, which confused me a bit. So, yes, they are my ratings there. For, I, in Man of the Match in, in New South Wales, me with Latrell Mitchell, but the likes of Del Fanuka, Mitch Moses, Angus Crichton and James Tedesco definitely pushed him close, would it? Have you got any uh, discussion points or questions to ask me about that? Just thinking about the, the Liam Martin one, really, and in game one, he obviously got his place because Angus Crichton was banned and Victor the Inflictor was out, but you think he's done his... Chances much good with his series, or he has been really disappointing. I think he's been great for Penrith, whether off the bench or starting. Yeah, I think so. I think what's going to help him next year is that Capewell's going to the Broncos, so I think he'll get more of a chance at Penrith again. But that, I mean, work rate has never been something that you'd that you'd say about him that he's lacking in work rate or not doing any work. Um, but three runs in 28 minutes and just 14 tackles at origin, you'd expect to be doing double that and, and making some sort of metres, but really disappointed from him. I, I, I will, I'll never say that he's shirking any action, but it does seem as though he's just something we're missing there for me. And um, yeah, yeah, I think he'll be lucky to make the side next year. Yeah, I think I'm probably with you there, Matt. How about the, the celebrations as well? How do you think losing game three and losing a tight one when New South Wales are probably so intent on getting a clean sweep? How much does that kind of damp and how they'll be feeling come the end of the series tonight. It's always right weird to watch, isn't it? Obviously, there's been a couple of series over the past couple of years where it's been a 2-0. But you saw New South Wales lift the shield at the end in the celebrations and they just looked a bit low. Like, obviously, they've just lost the game by two points. They want to win it. Um, it's always it's always confusing watching stuff like that because, obviously, you don't expect them to just call it off at 2-0. But there was that discussion before the game. Is, is there such a thing as a dead rubber in this state of origin? Point blank answer is no, because nobody wants to win, uh, lose three nil, and everybody wants to win three nil. So it, teams are always going to be fighting for that. But yeah, really weird, isn't it, in terms of in terms of that? And I, I feel as though they'll, they'll be gutted that they couldn't do it, and I feel as though that they, they, they should have done really, because I feel as though there were a lot of players who didn't perform as though they should have done in, in this game. Yeah, I agreed with you there, and it's almost that old cliche that you know you're only as good as your last game, so. I think he, despite how lopsided the first two were, this one is what's kind of fresh in the mind, isn't it? And Queensland celebrated like they'd won the whole series and whitewashed them the way they were going on at the end, which 
rightfully they should do. Definitely, mate. And and just just looking at kind of average player points. Obviously, we did it for you, but the, the majority of this New South Wales squad has played every single game. And there's only Mitchell Moses and Dale Finucane who only played one, and Jake Chabayvich actually who only played one as well. Um, dare to hazard a guess who, who um, overall myself and Jed have, have ended up picking as not only player of New South Wales, but uh, we've handed our own Wally Lewis medal, we could say so as well. I'd like to think it is going to Luttrell, who has now taken Dane Gagai's moniker of Mr Origin. It is Luttrell Mitchell, mate. Yeah, he, overall he ended up averaging a 9 out of 10, which I can't really argue with. Um, and it's a bit of a discussion point in itself. Tom Trebovich did get the Wally Lewis medal in, in, in real life, not, not just appointed by us. Um, I mean, he had an outstanding game one. He had a great game two and he, he had a fine game three, mate. But a bit of question marks for you. Do, do you think Latrell deserved that of a turbo? For me, I think so, yeah, because Latrell was great in all three. And from reading the kind of points allocation, it kind of sounds like, Turbo got a point from game three somehow, which kind of shaded it for him, which I don't however many times you watch it or look at the stats, I, I don't know how he got one of the three points out of this game. But yeah, for me, the trail would definitely have, have been the medal winner. I thought he was class in game one or two. And like I say, New South Wales' best player again tonight and probably one of the best three on the park along with Hunt and Ponga. Totally agree with that one, mate. Is it is a top, top player and still begs the question of is he a centre or is he a fullback? But that is a conversation that can continue for, for months and years to come, mate. But thank you very much for joining me, Woody. It's always a pleasure, mate. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 91 of Three Blokes and a Rugby League podcast. Head on over to our social media pages where you'll find a variety of content which will hopefully pique your interest. Also, give us a rating on all our podcasting platforms, if possible, please. We're available on all podcasting platforms and keep an eye out for any future podcasts and interviews or have a listen to our archive of Tom Johnston, Barry McDermott, Adrian Morley, Emily Rudge, Jodie Cunningham. We've recently released Josh Drinkwater and Harrison Hanton as well. And next week we have uh, James Maloney coming up as well. James Maloney of the Catalan Dragons has played State of Origin, he's played in the World Cup as well. Um, and we've also got a topic of the week coming up next week as well, highlighting the recent Rugby League World Cup Um and the potential NRL not involvement, lack of involvement, you could say as well. So thank you, everybody, for listening to our State of Origin Game 3 recap. Thank you very much, Woody, for joining me, and we'll catch you all down the road.